What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams. Whoa, that audio was loud to me. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Blue Chip Mindset stream. This is the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. We are back in here for a most important Important information, and I can see my sound effects don't want to work today. We bike in here, man. This is going to be another important, one of those important podcasts. If you don't know, the blue chip mindset is the philosophy that we have over here. It's one of the philosophies, along with the free agent lifestyle, along with the money mindset. The blue chip mindset is what we do on Wednesdays to take your mind off of some of the seven deadly sins that we're going to talk about, and particularly lust in your inability to control the Western women. So anyway, check this out. We have um, lust. Here it is right there. Um, If you're having problems with the stream, if you're having problems with the stream, we do have a new channel, which is an old channel, but it's a new channel. All right. Go ahead and go over to the new channel. Either way, don't worry about it. Go over to the new channel. It's pinned to the top of the live chat. You can go over there. Go subscribe when you're over there, and I'm pretty sure the playbacks are going to be a little bit better, all right? As you guys know here, we hit um, 70K subscribers over here. We already hit 70K subscribers, so um, as you know, this message is being held back, all right? This message is being held back. Um, I got in touch with the people over at the tube, and guess what? They were like, oh, we'll refresh and make sure everything is nice and easy for you over there, but hey. It is what it is. You know what it is. So anyway, man, we are over here on the other channel as well, simulcasting. And we're also uh, simulcasting over on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. Shout out to everybody over at Facebook. We are simulcasting over at Facebook as well. So appreciate y'all for being here. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the like. Hit hit the subscribe. Hit the not like if you want. All right. (laughs) Hit the not like if you want. But what we're going to do is we're going to rebuild here. And I got really motivated yesterday. Um, You know, there's always challenges to doing everything that you do in this life. There's never going to be a thing that you do here without challenge. And I accept challenges. Sometimes the challenges knock me down. Sometimes the challenges get the best of me just for a little bit. And I recuperate because I have a lot of confidence in myself. I have a lot of belief in myself. And this ain't over. You know what I mean? People can make it over. If they want, people can wish and pray and pray for my downfall. You can think that some little things are going to stop me because it would stop you. These things will stop you, but they won't stop me over here. So the message is more important. But not only that, this ain't over yet. So we're going to continue to improve this. Challenge is always accepted over here. Um, Here's the deal. And I'm going to preface this by putting up my disclaimer right now. I'm going to put up my disclaimer Because this particular stream, I'm going to have to admit to you, this particular um, stream is going to be a tough love stream. Okay, it's going to be a tough love stream. It's not going to be easy to digest. It's not going to be just one of these things that you just walk in right now, walk out, and you're going to be motivated. I already told you, I am not a motivation coach. Okay, and I never even was, even when I was in my coaching and playing days. I always use tough love. And a lot of people in our generation today, they cannot use tough love. They don't accept tough love. They think tough love is hate. But a lot of times what we used to tell people is if I'm speaking to you, that means I can see 
that there's a difference that I can get out of you. So if I'm speaking to you, I am speaking out of love. If I'm ignoring you, I'm speaking out of hate. All right. That means you can hear the hate. It can reverberate in your ears. The silence is deafening. If I don't talk to you at all, that means that I don't, I, that means there's a lo lot of hate in here. All right. So just know from the beginning, if I am speaking about these subject matters, it is not to motivate you. It probably is to light a fire under your ass or inspire you or to give you a bit of information that you might not have been aware of. But I don't even think that's the case. Okay. Tough love is necessary. Tough love is necessary. See, I've been coaching for a long time. I've had some seasons where I've lost just about every game. And I've had some seasons where we won just about every game, especially in conference season. We, I've been in some seasons where we almost went undefeated. All right. In these situations. And so when those um, times happen, you know what the difference is between a winning team or a winning franchise and a losing team and a losing franchise? All right. One of my assistant coaches used to say, coaches, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Johnny and Joe's. All right. Meaning it's not your execution. And particularly you have the ability to lead. You just don't have the Johnny and Joe's to take you over the top. Okay. But that's one part. It's not the X's and O's of the leader. It's the Johnny and Joe's. It's the individuals that are not willing to be led, or it's the individuals who are incapable. Or it's another thing. It is culture. Yep, it's mindset. It's culture. And I've been in several different programs, and I had a heart because I always tried to accept rebuilding jobs. It was the pride in me, one of the seven deadly sins there. It was the pride in me that said, I am your savior. Now, this is why I tell you now I'm not your savior, because I tried to be saviors to programs that struggled. And I said, I'm going to come in with my magic. I'm going to come in with my tough love. I'm going to come in with my X's and O's. And what I discovered about the people who had losing uh, franchises or losing programs when I showed up, all right, because they didn't start losing when I showed up. They were already losing and I showed up. You know what the difference was? Culture. It was the culture of the program. It was the things that we let manifest within the culture because you can try to correct the you can you could try to correct the stuff on the basketball floor or on the football field but if the culture around the entire program the culture around the university or the culture around the franchise is poor if they're bitter if they're complacent if they're content if they're just um if they're just living to just survive nothing's going to nothing's going to work all right there's you're going to need a miracle and you're going to need years and years of trying to change the culture People will say that new CEOs will come into a company. We need to change the culture. It's not necessarily the people. It is the culture that is getting you into this mindset of losing. For instance, if you're with the team and they're used to losing, all right, and uh, the night before they partied their ass off and they fornicated and they, they smoked weed and they shot dice, all right, all in the hotel room, all up at 2, 3 in the morning, sneaking girls or girls or boys in, whatever they're doing. Then you got to the game, and in the first quarter, you start getting your ass kicked, and then they threw in the towel. That's the culture. Has nothing to do with your X's and O's. Now, you got to change all of that in order to make the thing work. So sometimes at the front end, you must use tough love to change the culture. All right? This is the idea of the lean on me. The lean on me movie where he came in, uh, Principal Joe came in with a bat and a megaphone. He said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna nice our way to this thing here. We're not gonna nice our way to this thing. The first few years, we're gonna have to use tough love. In this instance, when you're making a correction, tough love is what you're gonna need right up front. 
and the symbol of the quitter, the symbol of the complainer, the symbol of the complacent is those that reject the tough love. All right. These people reject tough love. Now, let me just tell you something in this sphere. If there's still a sphere in this sphere, I am the runaway slave of this thing. I am the Frederick Douglass of this. I've nominated myself. I've named myself. I'm the runaway slave. I'm the Frederick Douglass of this one. All right. This is the idea of the free agent lifestyle. If you read the autobiography, go ahead and read his autobiography. What the Frederick Douglass does is he teaches himself. He finds a pathway. He blazes a trail and he does not wait for everybody to decide if they're going to follow him. What the Frederick Douglass of this is, what the runaway slave is, what the man who buys himself out of slavery, what he does is he goes and he says, I'm going. I don't care if you're going with me. I'm going. I don't care if you go with me. This is the toughest route. If you survive this, it will be smooth sailing all the way to the end. What you went through at the beginning will be nothing like what you're going to go through in the end. But if you decide to him and haw, if you decide to, hmm, I wonder if I should choose to follow this path. Well, you missed it. The train left the station. And I'm not going to wait for you to decide. I'm going to tell you a tough love and give you a tough lesson and tell you what's going to be on the other side of the rainbow. Or I'm going to tell you the light at the end of the tunnel. But if your ass don't want to go, your ass got to stay. All right. And many of us in these in, in this game of life, you know, they say the youth is wasted on the young. A lot of times when you're young, you think, you know, and you waste plenty of years up front. People are wasting like 30 years of their front life and they're going to live 50 years in struggle if they're lucky. OK, but many of us will take losses in this. I'm not a perfect man in this mindset of the blue chip mindset. I'm not a perfect man. I am a man that has actually took the opposite route of what society has told me to do. And I won. Most everything that I would have done has been in opposite of what the normal knuckle dragger and ham and egger has done. I'm going to just tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. Most of the things that I've done has been counter to the lemming programming. Most of the things that I've done to make myself and put myself in the position I've got to has been in opposition to the masses mindset. <laughs> Most everything they've told me to do has been a fail. Most everything that I said I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what they're doing has led to success. I'm just letting y'all know right now. All right. That's how crazy it is. And you know what? It's not the masses. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. But what it is, is they're chasing something that cannot be found. Because what they will say is, well, I just want happiness and I just want family and it's all about love. Well, you can say that when you're 80 years old. But in between all of that, there's some other things you got to do here. Okay. Because I wake up every day and I thank God for my ambition. I'm a very ambitious person. Many of you guys would have quit on life a long time ago based on what I've gone through. And everybody's got a sob story. So don't worry about it. Everybody's got a sob story out here. However, most of you guys would have quit. But every day, I thank God that I'm ambitious. I thank God that I'm willing to put my neck out there. I thank God that I'm a risk taker. That's what separates me and the people who are successful from everybody else. And I know you're already just showing up here getting this tough love. I already told you that this is a tough love stream. See, I wake up every day happy. Every day I wake up, I'm happy. Okay. 
Now, I'm not the happy that you guys are looking for. You guys are looking for, I'm just happy. And you're looking for kumbaya and you're looking for the utopia. You think you're going to have a permanent state of happiness. That's not the happy that I have when I wake up. You know what the happiness that I have when I wake up is? I'm happy and I'm smiling because I'm not you. Huh? Did you hear that? I wake up happy every day because I'm not like many of you, not the people watching the show. I'm talking about the mouth breathers, the ham and eggers, the knuckle draggers, all of you. Yeah, the people who think this message is tough love. All right. See, I wake up every day. I'm happy that I'm not you. I'm happy that I didn't give up on life. I'm happy I don't live my philosophy as a Bible thumping, as a do-gooder, as a moral high grounder, and you come out here and you break and live in sin the entire time. Oh, we're going to go into that. We're going to go into that because I'm going to give you all a wake-up call on that. Again, this is a tough love message. Viewer discretion is advised. Viewer discretion is advised. You know? But I wake up every day. I don't put myself in a position that you put yourself in. And you live a lie. Do we really want to go into this? You live an absolute lie. You believe you're going to be happy. And there ain't no chance in hell that you're going to be that. All right, because you're actually choosing sadness. That's what you're choosing. But this is a mindset. This is a part of your culture. All right, you choose to go with your family who ain't going nowhere. And you choose to live up under them and you choose to follow their path as opposed to doing what? Following your own path and being a runaway slave of this. You don't want to be the Frederick Douglass of this. You want to be on the plantation. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. And then you sit there and you live in the seven deadly sins of life. While at the same time, chastising the people who wake up with ambition, wake up with happiness, who wake up and they're the runaway slave of this. They wake up and they're the Frederick Douglass of this. You chastise them. You judge them. Despite the fact that your Bible says, judge not, least ye be judged. Oh, yeah. We're going to go into one. We're going to get into y'all today. We digging in now. We digging in y'all chest today. We digging in y'all chest. And I'm so sad. My sound effects ain't working today. What is that? <laughs> oh, man, because we would have had sound effects going on y'all. But this is what we do here. See, the blue chip mindset is this. It's the path that most people are not willing to take. You're not willing to sacrifice. You choose the struggle. And you sinfully are some of the most selfish people in the world because what you do is this. Not only do you choose the struggle, not only do you choose the struggle, you put your loved ones in the struggle position. You put your loved ones in the same struggle position that you yourself, you coward, you struggle artist that you yourself can't dig out of. You choose the struggle and you bring everybody down around you, all the loved ones into that struggle. See, the struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. That's what happened. Yeah, the I'm not happy is available. We got a whole bunch of sound effects that ain't available now. They, they did me wrong. My computer's been acting up too. But you chose the struggle. And every day you wake up choosing happiness, trying to get there, and you get further, further, and further away from happiness. You get further and further and further away from success. You get further and further. And you watch. You wake up every day and you watch people do what you could easily do yourself. 
But that path is going to be difficult for you because you have to change what? The culture. You don't have to change you. You got to have to change your culture, everything that surrounds you. It's not just you. You got to change your entire mindset, and you're not willing to do that. Not only that, you're not willing to leave the people. You're not willing to be the runaway slave. You're not willing to leave the people that put you in the same struggle position that you're going to accept for not one year, but two, five, 10, 15, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 70 years of struggle. And your life is washed right down the drain. And your sins didn't get washed away either. Oh, we going into it, man. We going to go into it today. I got warmed up. I'm warmed up. I'm lathered up. It is what it is. And let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. I do this for the people who want to receive this message. <laughs> I do this for the people who want to receive this message. Whether you apply it to your life, well, that's going to be on you. But I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to be pressing on. And you're going to say I'm not happy. And you're going to say I'm a failure. And you're going to say I'm selfish. And you're going to say I hate. And you're going to say all these things. But you're going to watch me. You're going to watch me do what I tell you that I'm going to do. Because it always happens. Sure, there's going to be setbacks. Setbacks. There's setbacks all the time. But at the end of it, I don't come out here as the moral high ground. I just come out in here and say, I got to do what I got to do. Right? I got to do what I got to do. But anyway, do me a favor. If you want your voice to be heard on this one more than my sign effect board, <laughs> I wish there was a plug that I can plug in, but I can't even plug the back of it. If you want your voice to be heard over there and shout out to everybody that's on the new channel. All right. <laughs> Somebody, we got some haters over here. <laughs> we got somebody over here already. Here we go right here. All right, so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and, wow, <laughs> Jesus. What is he on over there? Oh, my goodness. Cancel. This is a guy over there who's loving. He loved the hate. But uh, he can stay over there now. We need some people over there. Uh, let's see. What do we got over here? All right, so if you like this message, you want your voice to be heard, hit the cash app. Hit the Patreon. Somebody looks and says, what's the new channel? Go to the top of the live chat. It's pinned to the top. One, two, three. Yeah. Well, it, you, know what you, you know what you want? You know what you want to see? Because there are some people over there. They're, they're loving it. They're loving it because they get a free reign to say whatever they want over there. All the haters are over there. And it gives you an indication of what I, everything that I'm going to talk about here. It gives you an indication of what I talk about over here. People will watch you and they will live the seven deadly sins and they think they're doing better than you. See, when you have haters, that means you're doing something right. You know, they watch you and they listen to everything that you say. It tells you they watch you so much and they live in envy. They watch you so much and they live in the moral high ground position. They watch you so much and they attack you without putting their face or name behind it. And not only that, the last part of it is they watch you and they wish they were you. Just think about the amount of time that you would have to watch a person and know everything that he's going to say and then use it against them. But when you have this particular situation, you should be you should be excited about your life. As long as you protect your life, you should be excited that people watch you in envy. That's exactly what you need. And you use their energy and you use their hate to fuel you. You use it as fuel. 
but it's okay. Not every leader is like, let me tell you something. When Martin Luther King died, most people hated him. And now they celebrate him. And the reason why is to control you peons, but that's another story. All right. They use them as a martyr in order to control you, but that's not, that's another story. But when he was alive, most people hated him. I would think probably two thirds of people hated his, they hated that he was taking breaths. Malcolm X was extremely hated, but now we put him up on a pedestal. Jesus Christ himself, the king, was hated when he was here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the king, was hated when he was here. And now you see other people as they die, we celebrate them. But when they were here, they hated him. But it's the deal. It's part of the thing. It's part of the story. And a lot of people will stop their path to success because of hate. You know what? That's exactly what you need. <laughs> Somebody says, this sounds like a cult. This sounds ridiculous. Martin Luther King was hated. And this sounds ridiculous. These people think Jesus was love. Guys, let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. Respectfully, if Jesus Christ came back down today, y'all would y'all would pin his ass to the cross right now. Most of the Christians would. I'll wait. I'll wait for y'all to digest that. His own people turned against him and betrayed him. He was not loved. He was tearing up stuff. Remember when he went to the temple and he was like, hell with all of this. And he turned all the tables up and everybody's selling things. Are you kidding me? If he was down here right now and he didn't identify himself, you would pin him to the cross again. Because there's people here trying to do his works and you pin him to the cross. Do not get me started on you lukewarm Christians. <laughs> All right, do not get me started. This is where I tell you, you guys will put a bullet in this dome right now. Walking right now, barefoot across the damn path, of the, across the new world. He, you would. Please. Spare me. Because I know you. <laughs> oh, boy. People not ready for this message. Again, this is a tough love message. But it is what it is. Hey, what we got here? XL Pro Services, man. He says he's supporting the show. Appreciate you. Raul says, Coach, what the F is Latinx? <laughs> and that's from a Latinx. That's from a Latinx brother. That's from a Latinx brother. Um, I have no idea. I actually was in Starbucks yesterday and I saw a woman who identified herself as Latinx. And I was, and she was a young girl. It was on a board. It was on a board. It was like um Asian Pacific Islander month. And then she was Pacific Islander in Latinx. And I said, what the hell is that? I have no idea. But as you guys know, those who control the language can certainly, all right, um, can certainly then control you and then call you a bigot for not adopting whatever language that they want to come up with. They can change all the rules to the language and then call you a bigot for not following it. I've never, I mean, Latinx, I literally just heard of Latinx probably about a month ago. I'm like, what is that? But it apparently it is, 
I have no idea. Somebody could tell me. I don't know. Somebody could tell me. I don't even know. I heard it once and somebody tried to explain it. I was like, I don't know. Who's calling them that? You guys got to remember, most things you call yourself, you were told by someone else to call yourself that. Do you realize that? Most everything you call yourself and you identify with, you were told to identify. I always tell you, who told you to call yourself that? You know who told you? Your master. And then if somebody tells you to call yourself different, you will say, no, I'll call myself what the master told me to call myself. <laughs> I swear to God, the human, I, I, you know, humanity, you guys think you're smart, but you're not. I've, I've been telling you that for a long time. I have no faith in humanity. I mean, you guys are no much higher. The only reason bears are not dominating us today is we got firearms. Okay. And we can organize, right? Like that, that we got, that we got over the animal kingdom. Other than that, we're pretty dumb. I mean, we're not smart at all. You take away some of these other smarter areas of the, 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 uh, the, the Republic and you got some pretty dumb people. I hate to go in on this. I'm just letting you know, we're not that remarkable. We're not, we, we think higher than animals, but that's just about it. I mean, we could be dominated as if, if lions could organize, it'd be over for us. <laughs> uh, but the most of us, the, the masses, we're not very intelligent at all. We follow, man. And listen, Classy Beat, shout out to you, 70KA. Congrats, coach. There's mo- most people, most people, they program, they all they talk is program talk, right? They don't think outside the box at all. Everything they say is a parroted phrase, a program phrase that, that they pull right back here by the back of their tongue. You know when they say, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue? It's on the tip of my tongue. Bruh, most of you guys talk program speak. You ever meet a person and they talk about their job? Yes, uh, uh, you know, or you meet them. The first thing they ask about is your job. You're like, what the hell is this, man? What do you do? You know why they want to ask that? So they can tell you what the hell they do, as if it's important. Well, I'm the executive director of the marketing franchise and the uh, overseer of the uh, the uh, the assistant director of the marketing of the what the hell kind of t- what is that? What is that? That's nothing. Tell me what you do. Well, we well what we do is we 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 organize. They use all of the terms on the organization chart. We take the franchisemen and we organize the distribution chain uh, related to the, what the, what, what? (laughs) And then we converge all the intel and data from the research distribution channels. I don't even know what you're talking about. That may be something where you work, but that means absolutely nothing to me. Tell me what you do. Matter of fact, I don't even care what you do. (laughs) And then we take over here, we take all the things that gather and what we gather information and we put it through the distribution change and then we organize in it. it, What? what? Get over, get out of here, please. Get out of here. Get out of my face. You're a cog. That's what you are. You're a cog. That's what you do. I mean, because if you weren't at that job tomorrow, they'll replace your ass. (laughs) Come on, man. Nobody cares about all that. What do you contribute to the world? Can we start there? 
people don't like me. This is the tough love program. And there's somebody going, well, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? What do I contribute to the world? You're watching me. Let's start, right, let's start right there. You're watching me out of all the things you can do in the world right now. You're watching me and you're asking me, what do I do? L literally. I know, there's, I know there's one of you ham and eggers that are doing that right now. Well, what do you do that's so important? You're cl you clicked on my face. And not only did you click on my face today, you clicked on my face plenty of times. Let's not lie. <laughs> you watch me over and over again. So if you've ever questioned, what do I do in the world? Think about what you just did to even get here. And you've done it plenty of times. <laughs> all right. So, but if you're a guy that respects what I do, it's all good. <laughs> people hate me. See, this is why people hate. This is why I, this is why, I, but I love you. He said, should the rest of us feel bad too? No, I just asked the people who questioned because they were, they're saying, I asked what they're contributing to the world. And they were like, well, what do you contribute? If you're watching me out of choice in, in, in edutainment, yeah, you're good. Now you're getting some value out of it. <laughs> Where are we up here? Simon Small is in the building. Thank you, sir. And sorry for missing yesterday's program. I appreciate that. Uh, who is this? Cashflow says, can you go over the cartoon? Uh, who moved my cheese of the book? Who moved my cheese? Um, I haven't read it in a while, but I definitely have to um update, brush, 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 brush up on that. I canceled my last one. Sorry for the cash app. That was somebody over there. We're gonna get to a couple more PayPal's, and then we'll get into the next part of the show, which is gonna be, you know, listen. If you're if you're squeamish, if you've been raised, oh, I gotta pay somebody. So sorry about that, Adrian Paul. Uh, I gotta pay my homeboy, um, Brett, Brett. Who does my um uh, my Instagram? Adrian Paul, Kansas City coach gang is getting together to come get you from do for dogging Kansas City last night. Was that last night or the night before? Yeah, I dog Kansas City bad and Pittsburgh. All right, he says better watch it. He said just kidding, all fun and games. Adrian Paul, he does stand up for Kansas City. We have we have a couple of brothers from Kansas City that I know I offended. All right, but Pittsburgh didn't get offended because they know I'm not lying. Where we at here? Uh, where we got here? Mr. J. Best says, I feel cheated. Thought I co-sponsored yesterday. Where's my applause? Well, my damn button. I don't even have the applause button. I'll give you the junior college today. He says, give me a beatbox for the gumps that make excuses for the struggle. <laughs> You're a butt person. You're a butt person. I remember somebody, one coach said that you're a butt person. Even when you're taking, uh, remember when a remember when a teacher could get up in front of a classroom and tell the whole class about themselves. A coach could tell. Now coaches went overboard. Some teachers got overboard with their power, but they could tell everybody about themselves. Now, even when you're taking constructive criticism, the first thing you say back is but. And I want you to I want you to think about that anytime you're talking to someone. If the first thing you say or within the first thing of acknowledging what you what they say is but you're in the wrong already. You're in the absolute wrong. Take the criticism, 
Thank you for giving me that daily. <laughs> thank you for thank you. But. Hey, man, you know what you need to do? You need to get your life together. But. Well, thank you for telling me that. But. All right. See, these are but persons. Everything's but. Well, I would do it, but. <laughs> Shit. All right. Come on, man. I was going to do it, but because you told me to do it, I'm not going to do it. I tell you, humanity is not, I'm not very impressed by humanity, as you can tell. Now, yeah, somebody, be, I've always told you I have a, well, it's like God complex. I, you know, you know, and you're like, you know, for what reason? Well, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to brag here. <laughs> so about YouTube trash talker says, keep it up, coach. Love the morning motivation. Appreciate you, sir. And thanks for everybody that support the show. This, this message today is a listen message. For sure. Listen, sit back, and, and just enjoy this thumping that many of you guys are going to get. Because the first thing you're going to say, but, but, I'm not hearing it. All right? First of all, I'm a short, old black man. All right? I got damn near everything working against me. If I wasn't so handsome and my skin wasn't so chocolatey, I would be out here catching fat L's. All right? I think that saved me. And I can talk. <laughs> all right? If I couldn't talk, and I could ah ba da ba da ba ah ba ba ba. I I would be. I would. It would be a wrap. If my was cockeyed and I had a gap tooth smile, thank God my thank God my mother got me braces. <laughs> because if she didn't get me braces, man, I would be out here buck tooth, cockeyed. I got everything working against me. And somehow I made it work. You know what I mean? I made somehow. I finagled it. In America, I got everything working against me. I'm sawed off. <laughs> it is what it is. But then I hear other people that got better situations than me, and they struggling. I'm like, how? Man, I came from the dirt. Trust me, I didn't come from anything impressive. All right, but, but neither am I living an impressive life. But compared to the rest of the United States, I'm very successful and it was before youtube i don't want to hear this it was not because you're a youtuber i love those people too guys youtube and if you ask generation z what their dream job is it's youtube um most youtubers are making more money than recording artists mm. and actors yeah the top percent actors no but some actors out here struggling doing reading scripts and doing auditions and youtubers are cleaning their clock it is what it is. All right, you can, you can be mad at that if you want. All you got to do is get a damn camera and a microphone and fire that shit up. Sometimes I'm struggle streaming like I'm doing today. <laughs> All right? I can't even get no sound effects going today. Hold up. I'm limited to eight today. You got rappers out here rapping that they got limousines and all that and, and Ferraris, and I'm watching YouTubers drive Ferraris. <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all can y'all can hate if you want. Hey man, let's get back into the show because this is again, it is what it is. All right, so some of you guys choose the struggle. The struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. Many of you by, guys were set up by baby boomers. Many of you guys were set up by Generation Xers to accept the struggle. You guys were accepting the struggle. The struggle was accepted for you. So many of you guys, if you came up in a broken home, your parents lived in sin. And they accepted the struggle for you. 
Many of you guys had mothers who kept you away from fathers who lived in mansions and she lived in a hovel. She lived in a three bedroom. She lived in a two bedroom or a one bedroom. And one of you guys had to keep the bedroom and one of you guys had to keep the couch. One of your mothers chose the struggle for you. And your father was doing well. So much so, she chose the struggle for your father and made him a criminal just by her association with him. Put his ass on child support and made life rough for him. She chose the struggle for him. This is how selfish we are as a people. And this is why I do not think humanity's that good. All right. But this is what people do. And your people have done that for you so much. So you come out here and you try to find somebody to blame when you have to probably blame your mama, your daddy, and your bald-headed granny. All right, that's who set you up for the struggle. And they convince you to go to the struggle yourself. If we're being honest today, this is what's going on. And because people love to sabotage other people's lives, they convince you that the struggle is the right thing to do. And they think you're more, you think you're moral because you're struggling. And you say, these rich people, man, these people over here, these YouTubers, these recording artists, artists, they're living in sin. That's what you're going to say. Because you want to take the self-righteous position, which you believe self-righteousness is equivalent to poorness, but I don't even know how you even get there. And you want to take the moral high ground position, which I told you over here, I don't participate in. I have nothing to do with morality, neither mine or yours. However, if we're judging here, let's continue to judge. Let's judge. See, after you choose the struggle, what you will do is you will choose to sin in darkness and ju judge those who sin out in the open and in the light. As you guys know, I do have some sins here that I confess to you every week. <laughs> but you, ma'am, you, sir, you sin in the darkness. And all of us are sinners for all that sin and for the short of the glory of the Lord. And despite what the good book says that you keep pushing in front of me, it says, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone, meaning nobody should be throwing stones because we're all sinners. And it says, judge not lest ye be judged. It also says that, and that is the same book you're thumping at me with your moral high ground and you're a sinner. But you come over here and you let me know I'm a sinner. See? You don't keep the commandments. I keep the commandments better than you. You keep none. You don't even know the Ten Commandments, and you come over here and you thump your moral high ground Bible at me. Stop. Stop. The Bible told you not to fornicate, yet you do. And you give it a pass. But, 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 love. Told you not to produce children outside of the marriage, but you did. And it ain't my fault. It told you to love and obey your husband, and vice versa, and you didn't even do that. You guys can't even do that. You guys break up your family like crazy, but you got smoke from me, and you come over here on your moral high ground and your self-righteousness, and you can bury it. It told children to obey the parents, yet look at your kids around here. It also warns you to spare the rod or spare the child. And you got undisciplined kids walking around here and you drug them up for extra money for yourself. And you want to be their friend. It told you neither of those things. And your kids, look at your kids running around here. But you got smoke for me. 
It told you obey the father and we do nothing but destroy him. See, I don't believe in your moral high ground. Neither do I try to compete on your moral high ground because most of you guys are moralist, moralless. You don't have any morals. All you can do is try to tell me about your self-pity and you try to guilt me out of not performing. No, 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 no. We don't do that over here. We live the blue chip mindset. We live the money mindset. We go out here and we try to achieve. We're not trying to win the moral contest. You want to win it because that's all you got. And you don't even have that. You're immoral. Thank you. <laughs> Amoral. You don't even do that. You can't do it. And I also know for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. And I know you're a sinner because you sin in dark and your sins are constantly being put out here on display. Every single day, you're single, broken home, broken or fornicator. Give me a break. Your kids ain't got no discipline. You broke your family. You're living everything but morality, but you got smoke for me. You thump your Bible when you say your prayers and you wonder why it doesn't get you anywhere. See, it ain't about all that. It ain't about all of that. It's about what you're going to do here because nothing's promised. Tomorrow's not promised. See, what you want to do is you want to say, hey, you can do all of that success and you could be dead tomorrow like Kevin Samuels. And or you can continue to live in sin every day, chase no success and live here for 70 years while Kevin Samuels has probably lived your life five times over. He enjoyed it while he was here. And yes, it was a short ride, but he lived your life five times over. And you're sitting here living the same life on repeat like it's Groundhog Day. But you got smoke for Adams 316 over here. See, this is the blue chip mindset. The reality is you guys live more sin than I do. You guys live more sin than I do. Do you understand what the seven deadly sins are? See, I'm going to show you, you guys live in sin. See, the seven deadly sins do not appear in the Bible, but it is a part of the church. The church has been preaching the seven deadly sins probably for about the third century on. And I'm going to list them for you. And I'm going to show you that you're living in opposition of what the Lord or your most high has told you to do. Sin number one, envy. Sin number one, envy. See, when you live in envy and jealousy, when you live like this, when you're watching people succeed and get the best out of this life and live the best life that they want and you walk around looking like this, you live in sin, says Adams 316. Yeah, you living in sin, sir and ma'am. When you are jealous of people who are succeeding and you're saying that they're living in sin and they're immoral, you know what? You're living in sin. What's the next deadly sin? Vanity, a.k.a. pride. Oh, boy. Tune up your Instagram right now. Tune up your fake book and let me show you how many selfies you went up there and put up since the last week. And you got your makeup and you got your hair done and you got your shirt off and you're all of this stuff. You live in sin every day. You watch people live in sin and then you celebrate their sins all on social media. Yeah, man, that's sin. You ain't got no morality. If you have morality, you wouldn't even feed your kids social media, but you do. Against the teachings of probably the Lord that you follow. Don't get me started. Vanity is a sin. 
dressing up and putting on makeup and putting on your nice little suit and doing all of this and saying you look good. That, that's sin. All right, what about wrath? You guys destroy everything you touch, like Medusa. Everything you touch, everything that doesn't go your way, you're willing to destroy. You guys destroy cities all through 2020 and watch people march off with $90 million of your dollars. And then she gave it to Pookie, Ray Ray, and all these people. And then you had smoke for me telling me that I'm a shuffling Uncle Tom. Hey, it is what it is. I don't reach, I teach over here. This is what we're doing. <laughs> what about gluttony? Gluttony is a sin, but yet everywhere I look in this great land of the United States, I see people living gluttonous lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys overconsume just about everything. So much so that you're living in credit. You're living in debt. You can't even afford the things that you're consuming, all the food you're consuming. You go to you go to claim jumper and get eight. You get eight work eight uh eight plates worth of uh eight. Well, sorry, eight food plates. Whatever I'm trying to say, you know what I mean. You overindulge in overindulge in food. Many of you guys can't even hide it, the uh, appetites that you have. Every time I go to a church, I look at the church row and say, "Boy, these people are gluttonous. They live in sin." And now so much so, we put them all on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We put these people up and we call them healthy, the image of health. This is sin. This is sin. And you guys have the nerve to come over here and judge me because I like a couple feet pictures every now and then. Every time I look at people, I'm like, I don't even know how you can get that much out of shape, but you did it. And there's no way you can be happy. Stop it. <laughs> what about sloth 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 is a sin to not care about your appearance to come out unkept remember we had this conversation monique talked about the people coming out with set what, what do you call them slides and bonnets and the way people come outside sure i don't come out that good but at least i take a shower and i'm not wearing a wave cap and i'm not looking like i don't care walking to the grocery store in my pajamas see Sloth is a sin. When you come out and not represent yourself well, it's a sin. I used to tell you, traveling is a luxury, and people used to dress up to travel. Now people don't because they're sloths. Yeah, people don't want, yeah, people don't want that. You guys wake up, move slow, wake up at noon, don't get started. Then you wake up complaining. This is sin. It's absolute sin. Greed is sin, not greed for money, greed in terms of entitlement. I should get but not do. That's greed, not somebody that is over pursuing their purposes, but we make the person who over pursue their purposes to be greedy. No, you're greedy. You actually got to do something other than show up to the dinner table with a fork and a knife. All right. And say, feed me. You need to go do something. That's greed. That's sin. The last of the seven deadly sins is lust. Now, I'm a full participant in this, I will admit. <laughs> but you know what's sad? I can control my lust. I tell you not the cold approach. I tell you not to waste your time dating out here. I told you to delete your dating apps. 
See, I can control it. And I can put it on schedule and payment. <laughs> but you, you don't get nothing else accomplished but achieving your lust. That's all you get accomplished all day. That's all you can think about all day. You put lust in front of the money. You put lust in front of all the seven deadly sins. You put lust in front of everything. You let lust take you down. You die in the arms of a sinner. See, that's lust. It is what it is. You have to be controlled. There's something called control of these things. Now, at the end of all of this, why am I talking about this? These are the things that prevent you from becoming who you need to become in this mindset. The seven deadly sins, the moral high ground, the hating, the envy. All of these things prevent you from achieving success. They prevent you from overcoming the struggle. These are the things that are in your way. While you're sitting there judging everybody, you sin in the dark. And what comes out, what, what's done in the dark will come out in the light. Most of the time, it will come out in the symbol of struggle. There's something called the series of unfortunate events. You ever hear that? There's a movie. I think Harry Potter has one of their movies. Something like that. A series of unfortunate events. Many of guys, your life is a series of unfortunate events. One after the other that you will use as excuses like you would use if you broke, like broke your leg and it was a crutch. These are your crutches in life. Why you don't achieve? And you will say, but this, and I was this, and it's because of my gender, because of my race, because of my economic status, because of my religion, because I was persecuted, because, 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 but, 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 a series of unfortunate events. And most of you guys will use these as sympathy for the lemming. You guys will go through a therapist. You won't even ask the therapist what their qualifications are. But you'll sit there because they have a degree thumbtack to the wall. And you'll sit there and you believe that this person can change your life. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. But I'm of the opinion of this is about you. It's not about them. Even they know that. And they'll probably at some particular point tell you that, hey, listen, I can't help you. <laughs> All you can do is maybe I can guide you to another direction to find out, to make you figure out it's you, it's not me. And what typically happens here is it boils down to this. You don't want discipline. You don't want rules. You don't want to be told what to do. You don't want to get up early. See, success has clear rules. This is the mindset. Success has clear rules. And the rules were told to you up front. Right? So somebody told you early on. Don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. Remember that? You were in third grade and you were sitting there eating crayons and glue. I know you. <laughs> and they told you, listen, class, your old lady teacher, back when teachers were old and not, not young teachers trying to fornicate with the students. Yeah, this is why I get in trouble on YouTube because I tell you about yourself. All right. When the teacher was an old lady, her name was Mrs. Bird. And she looked, she had a turkey neck, right? And she dressed up like the old lady on Sylvester and Tweety. That's what your teacher used to look like. And you were sitting over there eating crayons and sniffing glue. And they told you, all right, class, these 
are the steps to success. <laughs> and they said, wake up early, go to sleep early. And they said, don't smoke, don't drink. They probably said when you went to Sunday school, don't fornicate, don't have any vices. They also told you probably get into the house before midnight. Everything that happens after midnight is no good. They probably also told you don't procrastinate or be lazy. They told you stop making excuses and so forth and so on. Should I go on? All right. You know the recipe for success. Guess what? You violated every one of those rules. You trampled over them. You wanted to be cool. You said, hell with all them rules. I'm going to go out here and have that fun and I'm going to shake my ass. Hell with all these rules, man. I ain't going to do that and I'm going to still be successful. The problem is that was the recipe for success right there. Anytime you find yourself off, every time you find yourself in a struggle, start back there. That's where everybody started in third grade. However, the people who got the message in the third grade, they went on to be successful in their own way. Or when they found themselves outside of success, they went back to the key rules. Don't smoke, don't drink, go, go to wake up early, go to bed early. Don't procrastinate. Don't be lazy. Stop complaining. Nobody cares, right? All of these things. But you, on the other hand, you want to do exactly those things. You, you stay up late. You wake up late. You got plenty of vices. You're on drugs. Your parents put you on drugs. Or they watched you do drugs. She was the cool parent. Your parent was the cool parent. Oh, you can smoke weed and drink around me. I'd rather you do it around me than to do it outside in the real world. Talk about a loser parent. Well, I'm just watching them. They're going to do it anyway. Yeah. You set your kid up for disaster. That kid ended up probably dying of an overdose. I'm probably sure. Or probably not successful. You procrastinate. You complain. You're lazy. And then you have the nerve to complain about the other people that are doing it. I cringe at this, and I hear it all the time. And I really, really cringe at it because I know it's not true. And it's kind of racist. I hear people all the time. They say, you know those Asians? They're smart. They say they're smarter than us. I hear it all the time, and I go... I say, that's not true. That is not true. If we actually had the discipline and the structure and the family structure, and if we had not lived in sin and we weren't out here sinning, we would probably be doing as well as they do. But you know what? We don't do it. We do everything opposite of what they do. Yet, they're in 11th grade in trigonometry and calculus and your ass in algebra A. You think it started when they signed up for school? It started a long time ago. If you go to any college campus on a Sunday or a Saturday night, guess who's in the library and guess who's not? Hmm? Guess who ain't in tutoring and guess who is? Guess who's going to six days of school and guess who's not? You're trying to go four days of school. You're ditching school. You're smoking out behind the auto shop. Yeah. And you started that in middle school. You gangbanging. You're cool. You party. You thugging. It's work ethic. So that by the time they get to 11th grade and you're in algebra A and they're in trig, 
calculus. They're in honors English. They're in honors this. It all starts back to the beginning when you chose a life of decadence and sloth, envy, wrath, all of these things, and they didn't. See, that's the blue chip mindset. That's what we're trying to get you to understand. You didn't see their ass at the party. I saw your ass at the party. But guess what? I didn't see your ass at the bank, and I saw their ass at the bank. Remember, I told you, it's culture. When I took over coaching programs, I had to change the culture. It wasn't the people. It was the culture around them that I had to change. But most people are willing to watch this world collapse around them. And I'll get to the Super Chats. Most of you guys are watching. You're willfully watching the world collapse around you. Not only the world, the United States. You're watching them. You're watching this collapse around you. And some of you guys think that everything's going to be all right. This goes back to your moral high ground and you thumping your good book or whatever you want to call it. You're willfully ignorant as to what's going on here and what's around the corner. We're going to have $10 gas in a minute. And I know you're going to say, no, we're not. I told you we'll have $6 gas back when it was $3. And you said, no, we're not. You call me doom and gloom. But here we are at $6 gas. We'll be at 10. And everything's changing around you, yet you're doing the exact same thing. Not only that, what did you do while the world's collapsing around you? Did you say the hell with this? I'm not following these people. I'm going to do my own path. I'm going to blaze my own trail. No. What you did was you said, hell, Caesar. You obeyed every one of Caesar's commands. They told you to put a mask on. You you put the mask. They told you to do this. You did that. They told you to sit in the house for two weeks. You did that. And that's probably against what the good Lord told you to do. They didn't tell you to obey Caesar. They told you to obey your parents. But you pledged allegiance to them. And they ran off with 90 million, 90 million of your dollars. One of the things that I said would happen if they gave out any sort of check payments to anyone, there would be massive amount of crimes happening. And you watched it happening and you called me out of my name when I told you that that would happen. And it happened right in front of you two, the last two years. And you didn't say nothing. None of you guys got nothing to say with 90 million of your dollars walking. Hmm? It's, 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 it's what's happening. Not only is this happening, you moral high ground people are watching people struggling right now, and you're doing absolutely nothing about it. You're becoming the selfish people that I told you were, the selfish people that actually are the ones that bring down and bring their family into struggle, and you watch your neighbors struggle, lose their house, you're watching them live on the streets, and you're acting like it's not happening. You're acting like it's not happening. I had people tell me, I told you two years ago, they're going to be people losing their ass. Oh, no, they're not. There's people today still thinking, well, we're not struggling like we think we're struggling. Man, there are people living in their cars, and I can tell they're living in their cars because I once lived in my car. I can tell they're living in their cars. You don't see it because you go back home, and you sit there, and you're gluttony, you're envious, you're slothful. You miss the whole damn thing. You ignore it because you don't want to acknowledge it. And you're doing absolutely nothing about it. It's sinful what you're doing to these people. But the struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. And you're acting like you're high and moral. I can tell you, in another couple of months, you're going to have to choose between gas and food. And it's going to be an easy choice. You're going to pick the gas because there's probably not going to be enough food for everybody. Mm. 
I told you this was going to be tough love. This is going to be tough love. This is not going to be an easy message to digest. And you can sit here and act like these things that I'm saying are untrue. It just proves my point about you. Meanwhile, you're calling me selfish. You're calling me names. All right. You got hate for me. And I'm trying to help you. Because when it's not tough, the message is not tough. The life sure will be tough. Okay. Because if I tell you this in love and the toughness comes, you'll say, hey, what happened? No, I'm going to tell you it's tough now so that when it comes becomes tough in real life, which it is for most of us, you'll be ready for it. You'll be ready for it. All right, so let me get to these cash apps. People are here right now, but choosing between food and gas. And some of you guys chose this struggle. Some of you guys chose this struggle. Hold on, let me get the clip. We're going to get some sound bites in because this is more of a preachy message today. Hey, I told you to do Biden. Now we done lost a damn vote. We done lost a vote. That's going to go to Trump. Yeah, some of you guys chose this struggle. You literally said, hell, Caesar, bring this person in. We want this. We want this struggle. <laughs> iron sharpens iron here. And if he can't handle this message, I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to entertain you. But I'm not here to please you. Um, Somebody says, can they get a... Oh, they, they need a wrench on the new channel to get rid of some of the gumps. Let them stay today. Because what I would have to do is sign out and sign back in. Let me see if I can do that really quick. Because I don't even know. It might shut down my whole stream. Let me see. Where is it at here? Um, I don't even know where the new channel is. What is going on over here? Oh, there it is. All right. So let me see if I can do that. Where's Adrian? Get, put yourself in the comment section. And then I'll get you a wrench. I know some people over here got some wrenches over here. Let's get you get you some wrenches. All right. <laughs> uh, let me get a uh, ad moderator over there. Type a comment. And I'll get you guys out of here. Let me see. Hired user from channel. Aceto Rusco will get you a moderator. I got mad out of there. Adrian Paul got a wrench. All right. So uh, I, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't um, delete you guys on accident. All right, so take care of the guys who were over there hating. Uh, but listen, uh, hate is a part of the thing. If you're if you don't have thick enough skin to do this, some of you guys want to be YouTubers. I'm going to tell you, you better have thick skin to be a YouTube, to do what you're doing, because you're not just going to get out here and uh, say what you want to say, get all these subscribers, collect AdSense money without people taking shots at you. And I think, to me, it's a compliment when people take shots at them when I don't even mention their name, all right? I don't even mention their names. I'm like, I love it. Because many times I didn't even say anything against them. They just took offense to me for some reason. And it's probably one of the seven deadly sins. Aceto uh, Rusco says, need a wrench for the notorious page? I hit y'all up. Thank you, man. Uh, Europe says, give these clowns the real ish. Cancel soft people. <laughs> soft. Every generation gets softer and softer and softer. And um, again, I challenged people. I was like, you guys need to go to the military. I mean, our, our, our 
our health standards are lower. We lower our health standards every single year for kids. Uh, and you know who I blame for this? The parents. 100%. Gen X and the baby boomers. You're 100% responsible for everybody in here. The millennials and Gen Z. I blame you. I did a whole entire stream for this. You know why? You guys chase careers and job titles and useless degrees like crazy. Put yourself in debt. You have zero to pass on to these kids. Then instead of letting these kids do what they want, you broke your family up and then you busted up their dreams. You got them now dream killing them, letting them live in your house instead of becoming fly, getting away from you. You're codependent. You have no future spouses. So you make your kids live with you forever. You turn your sons into husbands and you turn your daughters into Instagram, Insta, Insta thoughts and future single mothers. And if you think I'm lying, if you think I'm lying about this, just go look outside. Just go look for yourself. It's very evident that what I'm saying is mostly true. Not for everybody. It's mostly true. The statistics bear it out. It's your fault. You got no future. There's women out here, 45, 50, trying to look for another husband. They, you, you screwed up. There's men out here. Two and three baby mamas. Trying to act like they're pimps and max. I swear to God. I mean, I, I tell you, man. I tell you. And you got kids you haven't even raised to fruition. You haven't even put them in a good position in life. And you out here trying to fornicate and trying to get women and trying to get your body count up to 300. And then you want to impress me by bringing them big old panties over to show me like I'm supposed to be impressed. Our culture is corrupt. It's not the. It's not necessarily the Johnnies and Joes. It's the culture around us that is morally bankrupt and corrupt. And I'm gonna tell you, there ain't now fixing it. There's not much fixing it. Where are we at here? Speaking, my mind needs a wrench. I'm gonna come back over there and give out a little, a few more wrenches. Adrian Paul needs a wrench. I hit you up with the wrench. Pete says, "Love you, Coach." Pause. Free agent lifestyle for life. Another reason why I don't deal with morality. Like, I'm not trying to save this planet. I'm not trying to save the world. I'm not trying to save the country. And I'm not trying to save ethnic minorities or genders. I, I don't care. I'm trying to save myself. It's hard enough to try to save my family in this culture. Because every, try to, every time I try to save my family, I have someone who is sabotaging me on the other side. Now, she might feel I'm sabotaging her, but... All, with all being said, like I told you earlier, there have been mothers that sabotaged their family and they proceeded to sabotage their kid when the father was in a better living condition. The father was in a better condition, could have done better for the child if she would have just stepped to the side, but she couldn't do it. The pride wouldn't allow her and they lived in a hovel. And the kids struggled and went to public school and thus became nothing. When the father had a better living condition and the father had him in private school, the father had him along on a path to success and it was sabotaged. So you think I'm going to come out here to help you? I'm trying to help myself and the people around me. And that's hard enough. It's hard enough to even do that. They make me out to be a criminal for do what I'm doing. And I ain't broke no laws. Well, I haven't been caught breaking laws. 
but I've been treated more like a criminal trying to be a father than I have been out here in society. And I'm not the only one. I am not the only one. I've been treated more like a criminal dating and trying to get into relationships than I have been out here going to the corner store and menace to society looking for potato chips. I've been followed around trying to father my kids than I've been followed around more at the convenience store in Oakland. And this is what we do tens and hundreds and thousands of times over in our society, and we wonder where we are. We wonder why we're here, because the struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. Anybody who thinks I'm lying or bitter or mad, that's your problem. But you got to live in this world. I don't. You got to live in this world, and you got to live the repercussions of such. Uh, shout out to King of Spades. He says, put some respect on the coach's name in here. All right, shout out to you. And we don't just get in there. He says, nasty grandpa can do some shuffling too. It's time to do some shuffling. Yes, it is. I'm not just talking about the community. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man, what you going to do? Look out, boys, it's coming through. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Indeed, indeed. If you're offended by this message, you know why? Because I showed you the reflection. I'm the mirror. And a lot of you guys are offended by what the mirror shows you every single day. So I ain't no different. You should be offended. Seven deadly sins. Go do some push-ups this morning. How many push-ups can you do? Let's get back to when we were Neanderthals and cavemen. I know we don't want to go back there. We're not going back. You know why? Because if we had to go back, you get your clock clean right now. You can't do no push-ups. You can't run a mile. You can't walk the stairs without bending over and grabbing your knees. All right. Um, just the basic uh, living standards. I mean, we're going to be living in it. What was the movie where the kids were living in chairs and they had like the soda? It was a cartoon. It was like one of these cartoons. It was a futuristic movie. Um, and he lived in a chair and they kind of was like a conveyor belt and they had the glasses. They had the TV right here and they had the remote. What was the name of that movie? Somebody put Wally. No, was it Wally? Yeah, Wally. That's what we live right now. And we literally think we are better than the previous generations. I swear. To God, I'm like, holy mackerel. We live the Wally world. Let me see here. Future. Future humans. Let me show you a picture. I think I can't play the video, but it's the picture. I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, here it is right here. This is, that's it right there. You see them? This is us on a daily basis. They got sunglasses that got cameras and headphones in them. You got the screen in front of you all day. How many of you people, and be honest with yourself, because when the day is, when I get a slow day, I find myself doing this. So I know if you don't have nothing going on in your life, I know you do this on a daily basis. Let me show you what we do. We pick up the phone right there. Hold on. Let me pull this up. You're on your couch or your chair or whatever. You got your phone. You unlock it. And you go to your apps. Instagram, scroll, 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 scroll. 
most of you guys are so on it so much you can't even scroll like you already caught up they get you to that point you're all caught up loser <laughs> then you go to the next one fake book scroll 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 then you come off of that damn i caught up ain't nothing new you go to your damn sports channels espn oh damn ain't nothing happened since the last 20 minutes i checked nope ain't nothing happened then you go to your um media takeout then you go to your gossip apps. Then you go to YouTube. Then you go to uh, dating apps. Then you go to Snapchat. Then you go to Twitter. Every 20 minutes, acting like something's going to change in 20 minutes. You're waiting for breaking news. Like you think something's going to, you think you're going to miss something. Breaking news, breaking news, something just happened. If you were away from your phone, you would have missed it. But since you were holding your phone, you didn't miss it. Now it's time for you to comment. <laughs> comment away, arguing, checking back in the argument, coming back. What did they say? This is your life. Hold on. This is your life. <laughs> this is your life. So then when you're done with that, you go to the, 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 the mainstream news. Then when you're done going through the mainstream news, then you go back to your phone. This is you. This is, this is the culture that says we're better than the previous generation. Now, the previous generation probably wasn't that much better, but you think you're better. And I'm here to tell you, you're not. <laughs> I'm here to tell you you're not. If you if that's your life every day, you probably need some corrections for real. And I do not want to hear anything about no oppression. I don't want to hear about nobody being hold, holding me down. Uh, they hate us. They want us all dead uh, because you're doing that by yourself. All right. This is called self-inflicted wounds. They literally let you do this by yourself. And, and they're letting you shoot yourself up. They're letting you shoot the kids up. They're letting you do this. They don't have to do anything but just to put the catalyst there. All they have to do is create the scenario, and it'll happen. So you do it on your own. The way you can control it is to control the culture around you or leave the culture around you and then literally make it happen. I've had people that I've tried to take to the promised land. <laughs> I've had people that I've tried to take to the promised land. They have situations and scenarios where they're struggling. They don't have direction, which this is what I do. I help people find direction. And I say, well, there's things you can control right now that you can start to put your life on a better path. It's going to take a little bit of time. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. It might take you two years to even start to see the benefits of this but first thing you need to do is leave these people that you're leave these people yes these leave the people around you that don't have the culture that you want to see like look at your mama look at your relatives your cousins your uncles look at everybody around you do they have the life that you want to live probably not the next thing you do is get away from them yes you're going to have to leave them you're going to miss family reunions you're going to miss the barbecue you're going to miss all of these things. You're going to miss when they play dominoes and spades. 
but you need to move and move fast. Like now, you can't wait. We need to go. Remember, I'm the Frederick Douglass of this. I'm the runaway slave. You need to leave them. You can write them a letter. You can see them on Facebook or Facebook, but you need to leave them. You know what? People won't do it. They won't do it. Somebody says, bro, love your parents. You can love them. You don't have to be next to them. <laughs> do you have to sit there and love them looking at them like this? I love you. I love you. I'm here. I'm showing them I love you. I'm not going to leave your side. I love you. You don't got to stand next to them to love them. I love your ass from a distance. <laughs> Especially if you aren't living the life that I want to live. Hey, mom, dad, you guys don't have what I need. I'm out. This is what you guys think. Your presence is love enough. This is why men fail in relationships. This is why men fail in relationships. Because you think your presence is enough. But for the people who love you, presence is only part of it. You still got to actually show them you love them. You got to be used and abused. You got to put yourself out there to be sacrificed. <laughs> There's only point, probably 12 points in a person's life that you actually show them the love. The rest of the time, you think by just showing up is enough. Hey, check this out. I can love my family from afar. It's no big deal. I'm not the first or the last. So you got to leave your family. You got to learn how to grow up. Next thing you need to do, probably leave your church. Next thing you need to do, leave your community. Because they're holding you back. Go to your church right now. I'm challenging you today. Go to your church right now and find 10 people whose lives you want to live. Go right now and say, these 10 people, I want to be them. I guarantee you, you will have trouble finding it. Because why? You got to graduate. You got to progress. All right. I went, I'm going to go here and then this is going to serve me up to a certain point. You thank these people and then you move on. <laughs> That's what you got to do. But no, you steady going back, steady going back, steady going back. Right. Same thing as your community, man. Sometimes you outgrow your community. All right. Sometimes they want to be there in the struggle. They choose the struggle. You choose not the struggle. You have to leave. But I will have people say, well, how am I going to get my hair done? Where am I going to get my hair cut? As if there's no other people that can cut your hair somewhere else. There's no other people that can put your hair in rollers anywhere else. What about that barbecue? Where am I going to eat? These people here aren't going to like me. These people here are going to spray inward, go home as soon as I get there. Right? This is what you're thinking. Meanwhile, statistically, you'll probably have most of the dastardliest things done to you in your community. The other people ain't going to care. They might, you know what they're going to do? They're going to look at you. This is what happens to me. They're going to look at you and say, how the hell is he doing just as good or better than me? They're going to watch you and be like, you know, because at the end of the day, and I'm saying this as a black man, <laughs> I can't even play the sad music. 
I say this as a man that has lived in suburbs and done pretty well. They look at me. They just look at me. They don't know what to say. They're like, they want to ask me, what do you do? <laughs> they want to get all in my business, all in my beeswax. They like, you know why? Because they're struggling right now. And they are in a position better than you because their parents didn't chose the struggle, right? So they're slightly ahead of you, but they ain't doing that good. They're barely making it. And they're looking at your ass. How does Negro get here? And he, he ain't even struggling. He don't even got a struggle chick around him. The police ain't being called to the residence. He's quiet. I don't smell marijuana coming out of his house. <laughs> Nobody coming to shoot up his place. They're going, what is this? They leave you alone. Now, don't do something crazy. They're going to call the police on you. And then every now and then, they just be like, they'll come up to see you walking your dog. Hi. Hi, Mr. Black Man. Oh, yeah. They don't know quite what to say. They want to ask me what I do. But then they don't want to know the answer. <laughs> they like, <laughs> they're like, because if I find out, then I might be scared of him. Or if I find out, I might feel realize I'm a failure. If I find out, then I might realize, damn, I let this guy catch up to me, pass me up. And this is what they don't. They're not used to it. They're used to you being settling for going down and being being less than like you don't deserve it. I don't deserve good things because my people are struggling. That's you. Yet they chose to the struggle. They chose to the struggle. But because they're struggling, you think you're supposed to struggle too. And that's the wrong mindset. Because you choosing struggle is not helping anyone. Let's get to these cash apps. <laughs> uh, again, my... My philosophy is not what most people are going to say here. And it's not a uplifting of all philosophy. I'm not trying to uplift everybody. I'm trying I'm not trying to get everybody up together because that it's never going to happen. Every society has had people that are at the top and there's people at the bottom. And if you choose to be on the bottom, that's you. Damn, I ain't even got my that's you sound effect. But you can change it pretty quickly. And I'm going to tell you, man, there's been people that you thought were going to change it for you. And they ran off with all your money. <laughs> tell me I'm lying. Hold up for a second. I don't even have my runoff sound effect. This is definitely a struggle stream. Hold on. You see this, bro? These were the people that you said, hail Caesar. These were the people that you said, yes, do it. Go on ahead and get that money. They got the corporate sponsorship, the NBA, the NFL. These people don't care. Look, corporations didn't care if BLM is wasting money. They just were buying PR. Now, if this was a black guy, if this was a black man doing this, he would be in prison. I'm just letting you know right now. He'd be, in, he'd be under the jail. If LeBron James this, he'd be under the jail. But for some reason, we can't say these black women robbed you. I mean, because that would be, that would be cause for smoke. 
but the reality is them black women robbed y'all. Mm. Now, I'm not saying to be mad at them, but they she robbed y'all blind. <laughs> she didn't even rob y'all blind. She robbed you in broad daylight. And I can't even play. Got to get my bag and run. If this was a man who did this in an organization and he cuffed $90 million and he paid baby mamas off and whatnot, sheesh, he'd be in jail with no Vaseline. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying, but it's the world we live in. And again, you chose that struggle. You chose them to lead you. And sometimes you have false leaders and false prophets that you guys put ahead of yourself. When you need to put yourself ahead of everyone else. That's the only way it's going to work. Uh, who is this? Let's do these. Con We're going to call you Conrad. He says, uh, he says, my boss tried to give me a week. Oh, oh, I know who this is. I'm not going to say your name. But you were telling me this yesterday. I, I know who it is. He says, my boss tried to give me a week raise and, I, and told me it's not in my budget to pay what I asked. I then told him I'm going back to my previous employer since they are willing to pay me more. And my boss said, hold on. Can you let me discuss it with the accounting? I was like, gotcha. Bitch. All right. Shout out to you. Shout out to the coach gang and shout out to Mr. West. So he was the one telling you, you know, you were negotiating your situation with your boss, which you guys should not be afraid to do. I think if you're working, uh, there's no loyalty in work and employment anymore. All right. We're close, very close to slave days when you could not negotiate with your master. So now you guys are afraid to negotiate with your boss because you want loyalty. You want to show loyalty. But what you should be doing is uh, showing self-preservation. I would always be looking for other jobs while I'm at my job. Or I'm working on a side business outside of my job hours. But you guys don't do it. Why? Seven deadly sins, gluttony, sloth, envy, wrath. You guys are wrathful in your own life. You guys would destroy your own life. Deadly Edley says, I gave a bag of fresh fruit to a beggar with hunger or hungry anything help sign. Beggar threw it back at me because it's not what he wanted. U.S. got some entitled ass poor people. Don't feed the bears. By the way, I cry myself as king of the one cent super chat. Appreciate you for that one. Everybody knows that if you do give a beggar um, food or, or, or shelter, or any of that, they don't want that. They want currency. And this is why I know people don't want help. People don't want help. They want, they want you to give, they want you to give them everything you have. I mean, this is just the reality. I don't feel guilty. You know how they used to say, well, this, this homeless person is probably an angel or God testing you. To see if you. Do I. I remember when I ditched that philosophy. Because when I used to grow up. You know I grew up in the church. And I remember people used to tell me that. They used to be like well. That person. With their hand out. And the towel over their head. That's probably God testing you out. man. You know what it probably is. A crackhead. That's what it probably is. It's a crackhead. It ain't no angel. <laughs> it's somebody that want to piece together $20 to get a hit of crack. That's what it is. That's what it is. I, I And I settle for that 
I settle for that, it makes me feel better. If they wanted help, you guys could build the homeless, a whole damn encampment in the middle of Montana, and they'll turn it down. Or if you, if you, if you gave it to them, they'll have it up in flames in six months. Don't tell me about this stuff, man. Hey, I'm a little bit, my veins are cold around here. Do not try to guilt me out of trying to help people who had plenty of opportunity. Hey, man, we were in the same third grade class when the D.A.R.E. police officer came in and said, kids don't do drugs. But what did you do? You did drugs. You went out and partied every weekend. You shook your ass. And I stayed at home reading. I stayed at home practicing my craft. I stayed at home editing videos. I stayed at home studying film. I stayed at home taking notes. Every now and then I went out there and broke a couple of sins or did a couple of sins. Every now and then I did. But you went out there every weekend. You went out there and you did this and you did that. Now your ass on the street panhandling. right? Now I'm going, hey, man, I can't do nothing for you, man. You eat cold turkey out the can. All right, shout out to Flavor Fave. I can't do nothing for you. <laughs> Somebody says you were guilty of helping people. I ain't guilty. Hey, I, I, I let that alone. I will walk smooth by you. Because what I want to know is how did you get there? But everybody got a sob story. And if it's a man, he probably got divorced. <laughs> That's what he probably got. We all had the same damn upbringing for most of us. Most of us, some of us didn't. We all had the same information. But you decided to do this and I decided to sacrifice and not do that. And where are we at? Where are we at here? Um, we're going to call you double A. He says, Coach, are, uh, were you aware that Showtime has a documentary series about marriage counseling? Also, next Wednesday is T-Mon's birthday. Rest in peace to T-Mon. Uh, marriage counseling. I, I'm not aware of that show. I'll check. I don't even, I, I, I think I have Showtime, but I don't even know. Marriage counseling. It's a waste. All right. Shout out to, we're going to call you. We're going to call you Mr. Steeler, Chaz. He says, Coach, you just mad the Steelers have crushed the Raiders since the beginning of time. Let's face it, you're biased against the city of champions. Hold on for it. I got something to play. Man, we kicked the Steelers' butt last year in your own stadium. Come on, man. What are you talking about? And if it wasn't for the immaculate reception, the Steelers wouldn't even be. And if it wasn't for the tuck rule, the Patriots wouldn't even be. Let's just be honest. And both of those were committed against the Raiders. So, I mean, let's be honest. But y'all don't want to be honest. Y'all want to hate on the Raiders. But it's okay. I mean, if it wasn't for the Raiders, some of y'all favorite franchises wouldn't even be the city of champions. All right. They didn't dis- they, they've been dogging the Raiders since they- every time we show up, they dog us. Y'all know I'm right. Shout out to Deadly Eddie says, as a member of the Jackie Chan Boulevard community, I can say that I suck at math. (laughs) There's always that one that sucks at math. All right, I suck at math, but let me tell you, you know what, you know what, um, you know what, um, you know how you do math? Um, You know how you do math is repetition. Early on in life, all right, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. When you're a kid and your brain is like a wet noodle, this is why you put your kids in the math classes, math tutoring early. 
You throw them in it because if they do it repetitively and they do it, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, um, I think it's um, either Chinese, Japanese, it's some, some Asian math. There are secrets to do it that in America, we teach everybody the long way to do it. Okay, we teach everybody the long. I put my kids in the Tukuman for math and they, my kids swear to God, it, it didn't help them. I'm like, pfft. Just you doing it repetitively help you. But they do division and multiplication all different than we do it in our schools. All right. Which tells me the public school indoctrination camp, I have no faith in them. All right. I went to um I went to Kumon, took my kids to math. This is a blue chip mindset. They literally show me how to break down fractions and uh show me how to do division and, and multiply. I was looking at them like what? Somebody says Kumon is trash. Okay. Pu which one's better, public school or Kumon? Some of you guys go to public school. You can't even use, you can't even uh, figure out how to tip your waitress 15 to 20%. Mm. <laughs> you can't even know how to tip your waitress 15% without breaking out a calculator. Stop. Stop with the bullshit. All right. People are always trying to people are always trying to put something down again. This right there, that right there is what I'm talking about. It ain't the look. There ain't the best. But I guarantee you go to Kumon. Who's in there? Who's in there? Asians, Indians, Nigerians. Ain't no American in sight. And then they want, oh, man, oh, Kumon trash. And they out here on the SAT smoking y'all so bad. They smoked y'all so bad on the SAT. They removed the damn SAT for two years in the college entrances. They removed it. They was like, these Americans are so damn dumb. Meanwhile, in Kumon, they paying and they doing that math over and over. I tell you, man, I, I, I listen, it's not the best, but it damn sure beats what you're doing in public school. I don't get that, man. It's all about being repetitive. It's a repetitive program. If, if you think it's going to make you out to be a genius, that's your fault. All it does is make you do it repeatedly. That's how you become good at math. That's how you become good at math, just repeatedly doing it. And then you force your kid to repeatedly do it. Now, some of you soft American parents, oh, these packets are too much. These packets, my kids are complaining about so many packets. Man, man, you better sit them damn kids down. Do them damn packets. <laughs> do the packets. But you don't make them do the packets, but you got them scrolling on Instagram and you got them playing video games. He did two packets. He's so tired. Now he's playing video games for eight hours. Mm. Weak parents. So if we call this culture we live in today weak, it's the parents' fault. Because you want to be your kid's friend. You don't want to tough love them. You don't want to yell at them. You don't want to tell them no. But look at the culture. Look at what we got. Look at look at look at what we have today. You can't tell me that that's been working. Then when it gets rough and your kid can't sit down for two hours, you drug them. And then the day in school, they don't know what the day of the week is. Drooling. You let the girls come to school dressed in anything and make an excuse. Oh, if my shoulders are too sexy for you, it's your fault. <sighs> mm. 
he has trouble sitting down doing Kumar packets. Drug him. Drug him so I can parent him. His father's not here either, so I'm scared of him. He's growing bigger than me. I got to drug him. This is what you guys do. And then you call everything racist and culturally appropriation. I can't stand it, man. I can't stand it. They beat up the teacher. You complain about the teacher. The teacher call you, your kid's a, da- a jackass, a class clown. Well, it's because you, and they got 180 students. They like, ma'am, it, I got 50 minutes. It takes me 10 minutes to do roll. I hand out the worksheets. Tell his ass to sit down. <laughs> this is the world we live in, man. And y'all literally just make excuse, make excuse. I, 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 what do we do? I'm trying to help y'all. But what, what happens is the people who show hold up the mirror, the mirror's the enemy. The mirror's the bad guy. The mirror's the racist. The mirror's the oppressor. The mirror's the liar. You guys are soft. And guess what? We're seeing all these people come in. They're, they're walking through the door. They're like, y'all going to leave this door wide open? Y'all leaving this door wide open? They come in here and they take everything that we have, every opportunity, every neighborhood that we that, that we that we leave and, and, and we, you know, we let people gentrify it. They take our schools and I'm not saying these would be mad at these people. But these immigrants, they come in and they say. They take the jobs. All these jobs that you're too good to do, but you're still poor. They take the vehicles. They take the vehicles and they they get under there. They're like, you're going to leave this? Okay, good. All right. They take the Datsun and the Nissans that y'all leave out to the side because you don't want to be seen in it. And they fix it. They bring Hector's ass over here. Hey, Hector, you know how to work on these? He like, hell yeah. Our whole neighborhood in Mexico and Guatemala, these are the only cars we got. And Hector get up under there with that wrench. He had that thing started up. (laughs) They take everything and y'all sitting off to the sideline complaining. That it's entitlement. It's entitled. It's pure, unadulterated entitlement. And what's happening is you're waiting to get rich. This is what you're doing. You're waiting. You're just sitting around. No, hell no. I ain't working that job. I'm going to wait till I become rich. No, or I'm going to wait till somebody gives me what I'm entitled to. And you do nothing in between that. I think that's a mistake. Because if somebody owed you something, that doesn't mean you wait for them to give it to you. You continue working. And then when they give it to you, you're like, thank you very much. And you continue doing what you're doing. So if I was going to get a reparations check, I'm going to get a reparations check all the opportunities I created myself. And I'm going to plunk that over there and let that gain interest. And then I'll be a millionaire later. But no, you're going to get your check waiting for it. Spend it. Be right back in the same situation. Or even dumber, you're going to flip it. Now that I got the check, now I'm going to flip it. (laughs) You know what else is going to happen? Yeah, the whole student loan thing is absolutely a nightmare. A nightmare. You literally took the loans out. Predatory, I might add. 
I'm a, I'm not a big person that is going to be faithful to banks. Anything tied to a bank, I probably wouldn't trust it, although it is what it is. Sometimes you got to use them. But if you took something out with a bank, you owe it back. <laughs> I don't know if you... You, you have to give it back. Like they literally gave you the opportunity. Like you went to the school. You took the classes. You paid the for the books. When you got there, you fornicated and you smoked the weed out and you partied and you had keggers and you met people and you networked and you got food on the campus. Like you got something out of it. Pay it back. No, it's unfair. I'll see. Now, what do I tell you? So you're going to wait till they cancel the student loan debt. (laughs) Let me tell you something. There is a byline. There's There's a line item on the assets that America has. I don't know if you know what a spreadsheet looks like or a profit loss statement. But in America, one of the biggest assets they have, meaning one of the biggest source of income that our country has, is generated off of the payback of student loan debt. Like it's one of the only sources of revenue that they have other than taxation where they make money. Now, the reason why I tell you that is to let you know they ain't never going to let that go. They're never going to. Okay, that would be like me saying, okay, I know my biggest source of income is my job, but I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) And I'm going to try to find other sources of income where I can make it somewhat close to my salary. So debt, interest is one way that they earn money. And in our country, the only way that they earn money is through number one, taxation. Number two, debt. Student loan, housing, credit card. Why would they cancel it? Why would they cancel it? I'm just letting you know. Like you got the degree from it and you got jobs from it. Like they, they, they get, they, they fulfilled their promise. They fulfilled their promise. Like, it wasn't a great promise. You're the one that bought into it, just like buying a house. you don't the one bought into it. Most of the time, you guys make a dumb decision doing it, but that's neither here or there. But you guys did it, and you got the benefits from it, being though that that wasn't as great as you thought. Because in your mind, when you were 19 and you were signing the paper, you were like, okay, 20 years at $800 a month, that sounds reasonable. Until you start getting paid $2,500 a month, and you were like, there's no way I can pay off $800 a month. <laughs> you were like, there's no way I'm paying $800 of my $2,500. There's no way. Because as an adult, you knew that that was a dumb decision you made. But you made it, and you benefited from it. Now you want people to pay it off. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. Stop doing business with banks. Or blame your parents for not paying off your college debt. Or blame your, pa- blame your parents uh, for um, 
breaking up the family so that now instead of your family paying off college, your father's paying child support and your mother's buying uh, hair weave and nails with your college money. Mm. <laughs> I almost spilled my coffee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, this is a reality check show. Again, this is a tough love show. You know what I mean? Like your parents didn't set you up with the blue chip mindset. Your parents went out there chilling, hanging out, uh, living, yeah, eating crab legs and all this stuff. And they didn't, they didn't set you up. So you took out the student loan debt and your mother or your single mother was like this. Why you took out the student loans? Why you took out the student loans? Your parents said nothing. You know why? Because they ain't had no power. They didn't say nothing, you know, because they were in the wrong. They knew they failed. At that point, they knew they failed. But I guarantee you, if your mama was around, she had child support checks that she could have put towards that, but she didn't. Right? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong here. This, this is what you did. Again, the, the purpose of the stream is to tell you the struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. And sometimes you got to be accountable for your actions. She got child support. See, what people do is this. And I, I tell you, this is struggle economics. What a person will do is this. Okay, uh, the government gives me this. Child support gives me that. And that amounts to, and, and then I get alimony from my husband. So that is $800. I need $2,500 to make it. In essence, I only need a job that pays me in the neighborhood of uh, like $1,500. Or $1,700. $1,700 would be the proper math. Thank you, Kuma. So I only need to make a job. I only need a job that pays me $1,700. That's what people do in their budgeting. Why don't you get a job that pays you $3,000 and then get the extra $800? But people ain't going to do that. You know why? Seven deadly sins. Go back to them. Gluttony. Wrath. Envy, blah, blah, blah. Go back to it. Instead of working ahead, you work and stay even. And then every now and then, you don't meet the $2,500, you are short on rent. Oh, damn, I only got $2,300. Or the man doesn't pay his child support. Oh, your child support late. That's why she's taking your ass to court. He ain't paying his child support. Why? Because she needs it for her budget. Now, this isn't just against women, but this is this is how they budget. This is why they get so mad when you don't pay it. Why don't you get a job that gives $3,000 a month instead of waiting for the 800? Because if the 800 is late, now you're out of budget. I can't pay my rent. I can't pay my car note. That's your fault. That's your fault. You, you budget it wrong. Who told you how to budget that way? So then by the time the years go by and they go by fast and the kid says, hey, I'm ready to apply for colleges. Why don't you go to the community college? <laughs> Not saying university is your best choice, but they already talk again, self-sabotage. Let me sabotage this mofo because I'm a failure. Man, why don't you why don't you stay home? Why don't you go work at Subway? Why don't you be a manager at Subway? You good there. That you don't need no. This is what we do, and we do it on repeat. 
We do it on repeat and repeat. And then we'll sit out here and tell us why everybody else was wrong to put us in this position. And it's not correct. It was you. The struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. Shout out to M. Hines. Damn, I always see it and I see it too late. We'll call you Mr. Hefner. How about that? He says, the devil controls the world. Beauty is their God. Yep. Go back to vanity. Um, go back to the story. Go back to you Bible dumpers, right? Go back to the story of the devil, if you believe in this. The devil was not a ugly dragon. The devil was handsome, he or she. The Jezebel of the, the Lilith story, the story of Lilith. The Lilith was so in love with her reflection that she could not stop looking at it. And they call it the mirror, Lilith's mirror. And on the other side of Lilith's mirror was her den of demons. And she was so enamored with her reflection, she could not stop looking at herself. We have that today, and that's one of the seven deadly sins, which is vanity. Because behind that mirror, behind your little black box, no, my phone ain't cracked. That's the plastic on the top. Behind this is your legions of simps, is your den of demons. And they're slowing you down. See, I can turn this Bible thumping against you because I know the word way better than you do. I don't cherry pick the word. And I also admit that I live in sin. Because I can admit it. And it's out in the light too. It ain't in the dark. <laughs> but you sin and you live, you sin in the dark. And you come out and you profess that you are uh, someone that can judge other people. Hey, man, who is this here? Pac-Man Jones says, damn, coach, I got to send you love. You preaching. It is what it is. Thank you, man. I'll just try to tell you. This is how I feel. All right. Uh, insurance advice says the letters after E and T. YouTube hating on coach. Thank you, man. Uh, shout out to you. Yes. And so you guys can go to the other channel. And uh, I guarantee you it's not. Um, it's not. Uh, what do you call it? It's not str struggle streaming over there. But uh, it is what it is. Hit the like button if you can't donate. It is. Dylan Z says thumbs up for this tough love. All right. Rele relevant. The Dark Knight says you preaching today, Coach. Adams 316 is in the building. And I don't even need a robe for this church today. All right. And this was a hard lesson. Y'all going to have to go back and look at your life. All right. I, I cannot stand people who sacrifice and they try to live a good life. And then people sabotage them. Or they sabotage their own life and they come back and they want me to build a life raft for them. I'm like, where was you when I was eating top ramen and hot sauce? Where were you when I wasn't at the club shaking my ass, but you were? Where were you? Where were you when you was out drinking and I wasn't? Where were you when you were smoking and doing drugs and I wasn't? See, I remember those things. So when you come out and put your paw out and say, I owe you, I say, you sabotage your life. I did it and I risked. Why should I reward you? For taking all the risk. Why should I reward you for sacrificing? That's what I say. Because we all got the same information. The same information was these are the steps to success. I owe you nothing. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care. 
The only people I owe are the people who helped me get to this point. Uh, Mikhail S., thank you for the PayPal and this tough love. My man, uh, R. Harley, thanks for the tough love, coach. This is what we do, and this is what I do for my kids. And people think that I have this smoke for just people in the community and women and men who aren't doing it. I tell my kids the same thing. It's hellfire brimstone. My kids, sometimes they can't take it. They'd be like, man, I can't take all this. But you know why I do this? And shout out to, um, we're going to call you T. Bayless, the junior college fund. Thank you, sir. You know why I do this? This is my philosophy, and it could be right or wrong. It could be, it could put a wedge between kids and my kids' generation because they're soft. Not my kids, but kids in their generation. You know what? This is what I tell you. Tell them. You either run me or I run you. There's no in-between. This is why you guys fail in relationships because both of y'all trying to run it and nobody wants to get ran. When I coach teams, I used to tell them, either I run you or you run me. It ain't going to be equal. That's number one. Number two, if I don't take care of you now, I'll have to take care of you later. And I'd rather take care of you now and tell you, you better get on track because if you don't follow the rules now, I ain't paying for your ass later. But if I fumble the bag now and don't prepare you, I have to take care of you later. And I'll be damned if I take care of adults. I don't care if they're my kids or your kids or anybody else. When my kids become adults and I'm going to tell them, whatever I give you from this point forward is a gift or to prevent you from struggling. If you do not pay me back, meaning you're not following my program, you can put your paw down. Put it down. You ain't getting a damn thing from me. No gifts, no nothing. Because I told you up front what this was. This is how I do it, and I'm comfortable living this way. See, most of you guys aren't comfortable drawing hard lines in the sand. You're not, you're not comfortable doing it. I draw hard lines on people. It could because I want people to do the same for me. Draw hard lines. If you, if you don't do what I need you to do, I give you nothing. But I'm preparing you to stand on your own two feet. Now, what they're going to do is choose the lesser of two evils. What they're going to do is choose the easy path, like I know most people are going to do. Many times, my kids are like, oh, I'm going to just go with my mom. Okay, go with her. But what your, what your mom got versus what I got? Hey, the proof is in the pudding. The struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. The struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. And many people choose the struggle. When it's simple, discipline your life. It's simple. Follow the path to success. Follow the person that has the success. Do what they need you to do because probably what they did work will work for you. But the struggle didn't choose you. You chose the struggle. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what race you are. If you're bloodline to me, I don't care. If you're an adult, I do not take care of adults. Mm. I take care of old people, elderly, and children. I take care of the elderly and the children. That's it. Because the elderly, they're at a point where they can't take care of themselves. So I, I will say, hey, you need a helping hand. You probably screwed up your life, but I'll help you because you can't help yourself now. So you need help. 
then I take care of children. Children, you can't help yourself right now. I can do it. If you're an adult, you're automatically disqualified from the help category from me. It's going to cost you. <laughs> Draw hard lines. The reason why our country is failing is because people draw soft lines and they want to live in a gray area and they want to erase it. Oh, a sob story. And they want to erase the line. Take care of your parents. Love your parents. I love my mom and I love my dad. They live in two different states. I love you. What am I supposed to do? They old enough to work. They ain't old enough to retire. You better get a job. <laughs> Somebody says, Coach, whatever people are sending you to the cash app is not enough. This is golden. I draw hard lines. You know what? And you know what? You know what else I do? I can sleep at night. I sleep really well because I know this is the line. But y'all don't have no line. So y'all can't even sleep. You up at night. I can't sleep at night. I toss and turn. Man. And then your family are in shambles and you're sitting there struggling, trying to get your crackhead kid back on the right path. Oh, man. If you if you get on crack, <laughs> tell my kids, if you get on crack, it's on you. I ain't helping you out. Do not come to me. Well, he needs to get you never have you ever have a crackhead in your family. When do they ever get their life on board? They will literally make you lose your house. They will get. They will make you go homeless. Man, please, I'm, I can't. Man, I always tell my kids, I it, when you're a kid, if you put drugs to your lips, you get everything you deserve. Stealing your stuff, they don't get their life in the board. They ravage your life for 10, 15 years, and oh, I need to help them get his life. Mm. I will move behind the gated community every year to avoid you. I'm not helping you. Not. You can't come to my house. If you find me, I will have your ass arrested. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit cold. Somebody said gambling addiction. Yeah, dude, same thing. You get a gambling addiction on me, dude. You know. You know what it is. I don't have any sympathy. I go, I take my ass to sleep comfortably. I have no problem sleeping. As soon as I hit that pillow. And my head buries my head in the pillow, I'll be out. And I wake up back to what I was doing. And then here's everybody else's life, them shooting themselves in the foot. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> all right. And every now and then, guess what? Because what's what they're going to say is, well, you're going to get in trouble too, or you're going to lose your way too. I know my way back on. I might get off the track one of these times, but I'll get my back. I'll get my ass back on the train track. I don't need y'all's help. Not y'all. I'm talking about the people who already sabotaged their lives. Oh, you know what? This reminds me. This is another symptom of people who choose to struggle that can't help you. For instance, this is a good scenario. Many of you guys, if you got arrested today, falsely or rightly, your family couldn't do a damn thing for you right now. Think about this. Alcoholics too, yes. I'm like, you chose to drink yourself and you started drinking and you was cool and partying and then you passed, started passing out and it was funny and cute. Now it's a problem. 
you should have knew that was coming. Um, most of you guys, if you got arrested right now, your mama, your daddy, your granny couldn't even bail your ass out on $3,000 bail. Do you realize that? That's how fragile you are from freedom into slavery. They can't do nothing for you. But you're loyal to them. You got to sit around loving them. Man, if you got thrown in the tank right now, you'd be sitting there waiting for the judge next week. If they said the trial's not for two years from now, you'd be in the tank right now. You'd be in the county, locked the hell up. And these are the people you're loyal to. Shit. You better get some bail money. I've been telling you this on my programs, you know, um, we do a Sunday night program. Sorry for just talking this through. Um, we do a program called Money Mindset. And every Sunday, this is a private stream uh, on YouTube. I'm sorry, not on YouTube, on uh, Zoom that we do on Patreon. Go to my Patreon. There's the links down there. First thing you knew, need to do is get some bail money. You never know when you're going to get thrown in the jail. You could get thrown in there. Somebody could say you did something. I, it wasn't me. False accusations or uh, eyewitness misidentified you. You in a tank. You ain't got no bail money. Every time you go out to the club, you better have some bail money. You better have bail money and know where it is. So that when you call somebody, hey, go get my, go get, yeah, uh-huh, take it to the. But nah, y'all get thrown in the tank and got nothing. And you sit and your parents calling you, hi, Pookie, behind the glass. They video calling you and you talking. You just a talking and talking and talking. You don't know your rights. You on there telling them the whole thing. Yeah, man, I want to put a hit on them and to put a hit on them. They gathering evidence on you. Your parents don't know. Hey, man, I always tell my kids, if you ever get pulled over by the police, tell them respectfully. I would really love for my parents to be here before I say anything. <laughs> right? Please, you tell them respectfully. So then when you get in there, son, don't say nothing. Did you say anything? Don't talk. But y'all be in there crying, <laughs> answering every damn question, waving your rights, signing papers. Here, here's all of your personal belongings. These are all your personal effects. Sign this paper right here. Man, get that damn paper out of here. <laughs> You sign it for stuff that ain't even yours. And then they take it to court. Look, you signed. There was two ounces of crack in your pocket. And you signed the paper because you so damn scared. Man, get that damn paper out of here, man. Hey, look, man, put me back in here to my lawyer get here with the bail money. Shit, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't saying nothing. This is what you, did. you need to educate your kids. But now you tell your kids to fight the police. Then they get shot. Now you got to go fund me. And then it goes here and there. It goes down the line and down the line and down the line. Say nothing, sign nothing. They impound your car. Hey, we impounded your vehicle. And this is what we had in it. These are all your personal effects. Sign down here. Mm, nope. I ain't signing shit. Thank you very much, respectfully. Because you don't know what they put on there. Then they're going to go in there, put whatever they want to put on there. Crack distribution, mirror. <laughs> Marijuana pipes, crack pipe. We found all of this in the trunk and you signed it. Man, teach these people, man. You guys got to need to teach these people what's going on. This is why you get in trouble because you ain't got no father here to tell you. 
You got to listen to people on YouTube to get the info. <laughs> and then when you tell them you're not talking, just tell them you're asserting your Fifth Amendment rights. You don't got to be mad at them. You don't got to yell at them. Look, I'm asserting my Fifth Amendment rights. I want to make sure I have a lawyer here. We need to go over the charges. I'll make sure you're not lying to me. And I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to provide a statement that I didn't have to change because my memory, you know, my I'm, the adrenaline has gone away. And now I can remember details. And you're going to paint me in the corner with my original statement. No, thank you. You don't even have to say that much. I'm just letting you know. You don't even have to say that much. As soon as they come in here, you're under arrest. Four. <laughs> what am I under arrest for? I got bail money, so I'm good. What am I under arrest for? You're under arrest for being at the junior college, leering at the students. You're like, mm, damn, they better have camera evidence. Okay. I assert my Fifth Amendment rights. Or when they read you your Miranda rights, say, yeah, I assert my Fifth Amendment rights. I'll be out. I'll be out on bail. <laughs> so this is what you teach people. And this is what this is. <laughs> All right, man, I got to get the rest of these done. This we at the two hour mark. Uh, who is in here? Mr. Cruz is in the building. Let me make sure I got your non-government name. He says, hey, coach, I went to college for music and Spanish. I'm doing okay financially, but I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore with only a little left over to save. Any recommendations for a career change or should I just try to grow my music studio? Do you have any life coach sessions? Thank you again for everything you do. Coaching program is coming back. Um, but uh, what I would say for you at this situation here is um, in our world today, I mean, you you got music in Spanish, I mean, that you can teach. You can teach abroad. There's teaching things now. You can teach uh, students in another country from your seat. I know a girl that's in the junior college right now. She in my junior college lineup. She does that right now. She teaches overseas from her living room in Orange County. So you can do that on the side. You can also teach music on YouTube or a variety of other um, social media platforms. You can teach music to other people. You can tutor people with music. There's a whole bunch of things that happen here, but you guys are... You know, I'm not saying you, you guys are literally trained to work nine to five and sit back on your ass and doing nothing, man. No, 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 no. In agriculture, you work to the sun up and sun down. That's when you work. You work until the job is done. You work until you can make it. So I tell people all the time I work. I, I don't get no days off, but I don't work a nine to five. I don't work an eight hour day every day. Some days it's 12. And on the weekends or Saturday, some days it's two or three. But every day the job got to get done. All right. So if I'm not making it, I'm going to use what I do best and work additionally other than my slavery job. If you got to get up early at three in the morning, you got to get up early at three in the morning. I used to get up at 425 every morning. During the week. And on the weekends, it was like six o'clock. And it wore me the hell out. Is it is it what people most people are not gonna do this, but most people are gonna complain that they're not making it too. See, some people always think I'm gonna got a, I got a job, a degree, and this is the only thing I can do with my job, you know, make money. No, it's not. You guys have talents, you have skill. You have things that your parents have provided you opportunities to do. Like, say, for instance, you know how to kick a soccer ball real good. I'm going to soccer train some kids. 
in between my nine to five. Why not? Some of you guys know how to play basketball, coach an AAU team, train some kids. I know trainers make $150 a session. Parents want to do, if you know how to dribble a ball, go to the suburbs and coach some kids. You're going to make money hand over fist. Now you can have a regular job and make that money, make that money on the side. I used to train kids all the time. That's how I started off in fitness training and coaching. I started training kids. That's how I started at 19. I could have played another year of junior college ball and I, and ride the pine or this guy told me to coach a JV high school team of girls. I started doing that for a summer and I was like, this is interesting. I think I want to do this. I started doing that and parents are like, hey man, do you train on the side? Yeah. <laughs> fifth and sixth grade uh, kids in the entire neighborhood. I was like, okay, I'll train you. That's how I started. And you know what? They want you to yell at their kids. They want you to handle, they want you to yell at your kids. They, their kid, you know why? Because they can't yell at them. They pay you. Be hard on my kid. Make them run. Make them do push-ups. Yell at them. <laughs> you know why? Because parents are afraid to do that. So they, they hire you to yell at their kids. Mostly suburban kids who, no, I ain't doing nothing. And then they show up and them kids be looking at you scared. All right, get your ass on the line. This is what we're going to do. Every layup you miss, five push-ups. All right, by the time they get the session started 15 minutes in, they can't even pick up their arms no more. All right, dribble this ball. <laughs> Left hand. Oh, I can't do it. Left hand. Dribble again or five push-ups. Oh, shit. I better focus. It's a, it's a crazy world, but if you have a talent, don't ever think, in, in our world, in our world, you think you need a business license. You need the government to tell you if you can do a job. You need an employer to think that they need to pay you. You guys wait for people to, to give you permission to do stuff, and it's Awkward to me. To me, I'm like, let me do it first, then I'll ask for permission later. But you know what? Before 100 years ago, you didn't need no business license. 100 years ago, you didn't need the government to give you permission to run no business. You just, just run the business. You didn't need no employer to tell you, can you get a check? You just went to go start getting money. This is what's happening to our world. You guys wait for permission to do everything. Can I get some job? Can I earn some money? Can I start a business? Can I, where do I sign up to start a business? Mm. But again, I, this is why I do what I do. I started a training business before I even knew what business bank account, what? Then I learned, oh, I need to have a separate entity other than my personal. I need to have this in order to protect myself tax-wise. I, then I learned, but I started the business first. And then over time, I got penalized. I learned. I got knocked on my ass. Oh, shit, I can't do that while being a business. I remember one time I paid somebody out of my personal out of my personal money. I paid another coach that I was running the camp with out of my personal money. And then I tried to write it off. And it was like, shit, that's a loss for you. <laughs> and I was like, and they're like, why didn't you have it? paid off by this school why didn't you have it in the business account it wouldn't have been a loss but it was income to me and i tried to claim well i paid him six thousand dollars and it was like shit that's on you i was like "Ooh." 
So if I had it under a business entity and I paid them other under a W-9 or a 1099, then I would be able to write that off. It is what it is. You live and learn. You got to learn that way. This is, a, this is how we do it in this world, but you guys wait for permission all the time. You know why? Because people that are guiding you, they wait for permission. Everything they do, oh, I can't do that. Can I do? Gee. All right, so anyway, shout out to D. Alexander. Shout out to you. Hit us with the Zoe. It's been hard. We ain't even talking about the women today, but I'll hit you with the Zoe so I can catch up. Hi, my name is Haley. I'm a blonde. I have no tips. I make boys fall in love with me. They always throw in fits. I like being single. No, I've never been cussed. These boys want our relationship, but I'm just trying to... And don't go to H&R Block. By the way, I'm not sponsored by it. But you go to H&R Block, they do stuff to you like that, <laughs> right? Because they don't know. Them people, hey, trust me, the H&R Block people, they don't know nothing, all right? So I had to learn that, and that's why I took a hit. I was like, I ain't never going back to H&R Block. I'm going to an accountant because the accountant will fix you up right. H&R Block person just passed a damn course of a book stuff. They looking all confused. I remember I went to an H&R block in between because I was like, I just got, you know, a paycheck, W-2. And this woman was fumbling and shuffling. I was like, never mind. Delete everything. <laughs> Walked the hell up out of there. I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, never. And it was probably like in Walmart H&R block. I was like, hell no. I got out there. <laughs> I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man! What, what you gonna, gonna do? Look out, boys! It's coming through. Yeah, man! Yeah, man! I remember I hired my first accountant to do my taxes, and it was like, Lord have mercy! Never going back. Shout out to all the people who work for H&R Block. I was like, never going back. I was like, man, that woman was fumbling. And shumbling, shuffling and stumbling and fumbling her way through my tax return. She was like, she couldn't get the paperwork. Paper clips were flying everywhere. I was like, ma'am, are you okay? She was going to her little book. I was like. <laughs> I said, this is the last time I will ever. I will ever go to any one of you goofballs accountant it is so a lot of you guys would or do it on your own all right but i will last freaking time i had to learn yeah she was new she was fresh out the block somebody says how do how much do i charge for mentorship do me a favor go to my website gregadams1.com fill out the email information and then i'm gonna email you guys put you on my email list okay that was from mr weaver there thank you man go to my email list and the information will be sent to you at some point uh, people want to get on these programs, but some people don't want to pay for it. I get it. You know what I mean? A lot of you guys have been told that you don't need mentorship and help and, and all of these things. Yeah. You want to learn the hard way, live and learn. Go ahead. Some of you people learn, oh, you know, these people are grifters and you know, go ahead. You know what I mean? I, I don't make you do anything. I just know men in particularly need help in this world. And if you don't make it, they'll let your ass flounder out here they'll let you hit your head they'll let you go homeless and they have no answers for you as a man 
yeah, they, you want to get it all for free and watching YouTube, 18 YouTube programs when you could have just hired one. But let me tell you something. I tell my son this all the time. As a man, they don't think they need to help you. Like, there's no one that really thinks they're going to help you, right? You know what I mean? Some people will feel sorry for you or something like that. And there will be people that help you if you provide something of benefit back to them, right? You got to show them that. But as a man, there ain't no going to be nobody that's going to rescue you. Nobody. And I've seen a lot of men, unfortunately, brothers and black men, they, they don't help you, man. They're not helping you. If they, if, they, if they let you suck your thumb an additional year, they're not helping you. They're not helping you. They're, they're hurting you. They're hurting you. Oh, it'll be okay. Come here. Let me rock you back to sleep. Here, get on this teak right here and get this pacifier and suck your thumb. <laughs> and, and let's sit around and, and complain and talk about what we need to do. In this world, to get a leg up, you better, number one, offer something that somebody else wants. or have some money to buy it. Buy the advice. It's the same thing as fitness. Fitness is the great equalizer. Because you cannot buy fitness. You can buy as close as you can to fitness. Meaning you can buy food, but then you got to cook it. You can buy a personal trainer. You can buy whatever. You still got to do the work. You can buy steroids, testosterone, HGH. You can spin to the cows come home. If your ass don't get out there and do it, means nothing see that's the great great equalizer is fitness because you can be broke and have the best body in the world and then you can find people to pay you because of your body because it all requires the work now what you have to understand is fitness and life are the same it's one of the same meaning in order to get what you need you need to actually do the damn work you need to actually go out there and do it shit i can give you a job don't mean you're gonna do anything with it I can give you everything, just like I can give you the steroids and the kale and the whole damn recipes and the meal plan. I can give it all to you and you do nothing with it. You ain't going to get no results. I can give you the life lesson, the plan, the free advice. I can give you the job. I can give you everything. If you don't do it, you're not going to get the results. If you don't do it and do the extra, yeah, you got to do the extra set. You got to do the extra reps. You got to go to the gym the extra day. I used to have people that paid me and they say, well, I can only afford to come two days a week. Okay, good. What you going to do the rest of the five, five days? Huh? You mean I can't lose weight by coming to the gym two days a week? Hell no, you can't, but you can pay me for it. Well, why don't you tell me what to do the other five days? Guess what? They don't do shit the other five days and they steadily don't get no results. I'm like, that's you. Look, anything in life, if you did it two days out of seven days, you're going to fail. <laughs> that's what I was telling you. You're not going to you're not going to get any okay if you went to work 2 out of 7 days are you going to be rich or broke poor you're going to be poor but you went to work 2 days but you're going to pay me for 2 days worth of training and then you can mimic the program if you want well why don't you write down I'm not writing down nothing you can pay for an extra bit of re, of mentorship I'm not going to write down my damn program for you for free Why would I do that and shoot myself in the foot? Why would I do that and chop my head own head off? Why would you hire me then if I gave you the whole damn plan? Do this exercise and do that. No, I ain't going to do that. Look, this is what it costs me for an hour of my time. 
And then if you want additional help, it's going to cost you because if I give it to you for free, you ain't going to do anything. Anyway, this is the survival of the fittest, man. It's a cold world out there. If you think I was hard on you, brothers and sisters today, guess what? The world going to be harder than you than I ever could be. That's the cruel reality. Yes, this was a tough love session, but the world got something way harder than I could have ever hit you with today. And guys, I've been there and I've done that. Somebody asked for Zoe and I gave you Kaylee. So let's hit you off with Zoe and then we'll get out of here. Make your and my Louis. husband will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're going to rely fucking on your No, he's going to fucking spoil me. No. I don't no. deal with no don't, fucking don't, scrubs. Don't. He's going to be a fucking engineer doctor, one of the fucking two, and he's going to buy me as many fucking Louis Clear as I want, shit. as many Chanel's, as many Gucci belts as I want, as many fucking Louis purses that I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you going to do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician, Facials, vagina waxing, everything. That is all independence. I will get Well, I'm glad that. that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Whatever, Zoe. 